This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Hello, Second Wind. I would like you to meet Anita Yelton. This is a woman that was brought to me by a woman that I knew, Kenya Galloway, here in Georgia. And Anita is her sister-in-law. And Kenya is someone who's big into the doggy world and saving animals and has many, many animals like me. And she and I have always been at different fundraisers together and supported each other. And it's she's just a, she's a very special person. And then she reached out to me on Facebook and said, you know, I really think you should talk to my sister-in-law, Anita, and have her on second wind. She's been through a lot and she's doing a lot with it. I said, oh, well, that's my kind of woman. (laughs) So at 73, Anita started a blog and and a Zoom call that we're going to talk about and why she started it and, you know, maybe get your Kleenex ready your tissues. It's, it's a, it's a very heartfelt story. And then she also started a new career during the pandemic, which in 2020, we had the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's only a year and a half from when we're actually recording this later or earlier. And she does this business with her daughter and her granddaughter. So you've got three generations of women working in their specialties together. And uh, that's a whole nother story. So Anita, welcome to Second Win the Podcast. Thank you, Wendy. It's great to be with you. I'm glad we had time to do this. Finally, we had our, we had our initial, hey, hi, you want to talk? Um, back, and I found the notes um, in June June of 2021. Yeah. And then it's taken now it's September. So it took, you know, between you and me, we're both like, okay, eventually we're going to get to this. And then we got to it. So, and then the camera didn't work for a minute, but thank goodness I'm at my daughter's apartment and she fixed it. It was on my end. Crazy. (laughs) But I digress. Let's go in because here we go. Let's go into the story. That moment, that thing, your second wind breath. What did that look like for you? Just sharing um, a little bit that went, uh, you know, kind of led to that because Mm -hmm. that was an accident. That was nothing I had planned and nothing I ever would have thought of to do. And it was never in my game plan ever. Um, But um, I worked for GE for 32 years and uh, started off there, you know, at a lower level and and worked my way up and became an internal consultant for them. So after, you know, 32 years, um, I decided to retire from there. And, and I started, went to Medtronic, who makes medical devices, because they were a customer of mine when I was teaching change management for GE all over the world. And then I was, they were my customer, so I was doing some training for them on change management, and they hired me. 
So I retired from GE and I, then I worked for Medtronic for five years. And a big turning point happened with Medtronic because um, I was a consultant and I do leadership training, change management training, um, and I do a lot of coaching, individual uh, executive coaching. I've done that in a number of countries uh, with their executives and also teams. So, you know, and I loved what I did. Oh, my word. I would still be working there today, this very moment, if something else hadn't have happened. And so um, that's what my daughter and granddaughter and I do is the leadership training, change management and a lot of coaching. So I came from that corporate world and that corporate mindset. And I've you know, traveled to you know, 27 different countries. And, and so with that, yeah, there's a lifestyle. You know, I mm-hmm. leave uh, when I was doing domestic, I would leave on a, a Monday, teach Tuesday, Wednesday and a half a day on Thursday. And I'd be home on Friday. And Tom worked a lot of overtime, my husband, Tom. And um, so with him, you know, he had a busy job and especially in the summers, he worked, uh, was a a lead on uh, coasters at Kings Island. And so we kind of led separate lives, but we were together when we could be and it was perfect. And then in 2016, I started noticing something different with Tom while I was home on the weekends. And I, my grandmother had um, Alzheimer's and his mother has Alzheimer's or had that. And so um, I, I know some of the signs and it was so early, but I just started seeing little signs. So in 2016, Medtronic had a big change in the organization. And so the group I was working with to go, you know, do the training and, and coaching and everything, um, they wanted to combine a couple of different groups. They wanted me to apply to, you know, to take this other one. And um, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, I've got five years. So I'm vested with this company and I get this little nudge that says, no you need to retire. And mm-hmm. so I did. And because one thing about a nudge, when I get it, you know, and I, I know it's God telling me to do something. If I don't act on that, then shame on me. So I went kicking and screaming to retirement. <laughs> I mean, literally, really, I, you really didn't want to? No, no. I was 69 when I retired and I hated it. Um, you know, so um, I just, you know, when you live that kind of a life and you feel like you're making a contribution to people, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would be coaching executives and, and find out things about them that cause them to be a certain way. And I'd be able to talk to them about their home life and what's better there. And are you giving them the attention that you need? Let's talk about that. So I was really making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, I, I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I was. And so it was a, you know, I, I retired, but I had gone through John Maxwell, all, all of that consulting. So I have all of the John Maxwell things I can teach. Um, and I also can teach ULA, which is, uh, a, a, you know, how to get balanced in an unbalanced world. So mm-hmm. all of those things I felt led to do. And I thought, well, I'm retired. What do I want to do all this for? And that's what led me eventually, um, you know, a year, a little over a year ago to really start a business with my daughter and granddaughter. Because what better time to do that is during a, a pandemic because you don't have to travel. Right. The people can't travel. And so you're doing everything by Zoom like we are today. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that was, um, you know, just a, a, I still was felt really bad. I missed the travel. Oh, my stars. I saw, you know, countries that were on my bucket list that I would have never gotten to see. And I also, yeah, you know, Singapore, who does that? And, and, you know, and Japan and China and all of these places and took my husband on a number of those as well. And so it's a felt like a loss. And Mm. I started thinking about that's who I am. And I thought, no, that's not who you are. That's what you do. And once I made right. that distinction of, 
you know, who, what is, you know, it's like one time uh, when I first started with GE, they had this, um, you know, GE is me. And we all got shirts that says GE is me. GE is me. Yeah. And I thought, GE is not me. That's a corporation. You know, that's right. where I earn a living, a very nice living, but it's not who I am. And so that was, you know, 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So that became uh, something that I kind of, you know, put that foot down in the sand and said, this is what I'm going to do. And so we changed. And, and I, so I've got all of these things going on. And um, so that's kind of the how I got to where I am right now. Okay. And then, so that's, that's with your business. And then there was a major turning point for you. Yes. And so let's talk about that a little bit. So you had, you said in 2016, you noticed some signs when you would be home on the weekends with Tom, your husband. What, what, what were you seeing that made you think that, yeah, I probably need to retire and pay attention? I thought it was Alzheimer's, you know, and I thought I, I didn't see my grandmother's the beginning of hers because, you know, they live 35 um, miles away. And I kept thinking, I, what was her early signs? What did I notice? And, and same with his mother. And um, so it got to where he, you know, forget what he was doing or he asked me something over and over. And, and so I never said anything to him um, in the very beginning. You know, you just, well, is this just me? Because I'm seeing him every day now instead of traveling, you know. Is right, right. So and you, you said on the weekends he would um he would tell you the, the same story kind of yeah. multiple times. Yes. Yes. And so um you know so I just sat back and watched for a while and I waited. And what I found was he was the one who brought it up. He said I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't remember anything. And I said, "Well, why don't we go have a chat and see if there's, you know, something going on with your health that we can take care of." Were you and kind so, of relieved when he said that to you? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think I would be. It opened the door for for someone who was afraid to bring it up because you don't, you know, he'd been alone all that time I traveled, you know, and he talked to, you know, he didn't have anybody to talk to. And Mm -hmm. so at the same time, my sister, who's widowed, said, Juanita, you know, I talk to myself all the time because I'm the only one here. And Mm -hmm. I thought, I wonder if he's having the same experience, you know? Right. Right. So we went to the family doctor and all of that. And then they sent us to a neurologist and they had him do this four-hour test that was horrible, just horrible. And um, it was horrible because of the woman who, the doctor who administered that. Oh. So it's, it's four hours and they're in a room and we're out in the, in the lobby. And okay. so um, I didn't know, you know, what's going on. But all I knew was when they came out of there, he was so upset, visually upset. And yeah. so we had to sit down with her and let her give the diagnosis to my daughter and I. And him at the same time. And immediately she Oh, right then? Right, right after then. that? Yes. Because they decided he had dementia. They wanted to explain that to us. But the worst oh. part was she then talked to us like he wasn't there. Oh, and no. um, she kept saying, well, you know, he wasn't good in the math. And, you know, and so she was talking down of, about him. And I thought, oh, my poor husband. And so I, I listened to her a few more minutes and I said, well, we'll, we'll go with this diagnosis and, um, and we'll see if we have questions, I'll call you back. And so after that, he, he said, man, I was right. I was just stupid. I said, no, you're not, you're forgetful, you know? And so being forgetful and being stupid are two different things. I said, you can't fix stupid. And that's, you know, oh, that's not where we are. <laughs> stupid. Oh, I hate that. He thought that. 
but they do. That's part of the process. You know, when you think you're okay, you know, and um, he doesn't notice he's saying things two and three times. Right. right. So um, he thinks he's saying it for the first time. And so I made him a promise that day. He would never have to go through that test again with anyone. And so um, we just, you know, then, you know, it's so for the, a couple of years after that, I think it was like until 2019, you know, it was gradual and you'd see some things this year is very, very different. It's um, downhill. <laughs> and right now mm-hmm. we're at a place where he doesn't know our daughter who comes every day. Oh, and- wait, 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 before we go into that, because that's, that's stories in and of itself that just make me tear up. But let's talk about the moment when you knew you had to do something about this. Yes. Um, yeah, because that's what spawned you on to doing these things that you thought you'd never, ever, ever do that were right. never in your horizon that you're like, I don't even want to do that. Right. right. So you're sitting in I'm your so comfy sorry. chair. Yes. And uh, it was nine o'clock at night and Tom had gone to bed. And I, you know, on Facebook, you know, seeing what's going on and, you know, liking everything that's on there and sharing some, you know, positive quotes. That's that's my thing. And trying to be an encourager. And I'm sitting there and I'm working on Facebook and this little nudge, you know, it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's a feeling you get when you need to be doing something, Um, being a person of faith that for me, that's act on that. So mm-hmm. if somebody comes to my mind, I either call them or text them or do something. Well, no, I'm thinking about them. And this, this is that, this is a yes. same kind of nudge. Like you got, yes. you were told to retire, even though you didn't want to. Yes. But I knew and I you had acted to. on it. Okay. Okay. So I, and I got this little nudge that said, write about de- write dementia. Send it, you know, so I put a little thing on there. And so um, I sent it, you know, and about, you know, on uh, Facebook, you just yes. wrote a little thing about dementia. Yeah. What did you do? Just share like a paragraph yeah. about something? Well, a, a lot of people knew by that time that, that he had dementia because he would go around at church and tell everybody he's stupid. And okay. so I oh, know it was it's a it's a curse, you know, that that's how they feel about themselves. So my job became, you know, you, if, if you were stupid, I wouldn't have married you. I have very good taste. And so, you know, after all these years, you know, it's not about being stupid. I, and so I related to him that I am not a mechanic and have nothing mechanical in my brain. My daughter does and my son does, but I do not. And I said, so when it comes to mechanical things or thinking how something's going to work, even the directions don't help me. I said, you know, when we have to put something together, I always bring it to you and say, here, read this and put this together. And so I said, but then it's different when it's in my world about leadership training and and all of those things. So we just have different strengths and different Mm -hmm. skills. So I did my little thing that night and put something on there. And so people started liking it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, okay, so that was fine. And the next night, the exact same thing. Do it again. You were sitting in the chair and you got the nudge again? No, it was. I don't now because it's a habit. I did then because it needed to become a habit. And so, um, yeah, so I'm doing this little blog and I thought, well, what were you writing? Like, what were you saying? Well, things about, you know, um, as you may know, uh, we're dealing with dementia in our home and, um, you know, what we're, what I'm seeing so far is, you know, X, Y, Z, and it's hard because, you know, and I put things in there. Yeah. And, and that we're laughing through it and we're living through it. And, and, um, so very personal. Yeah. I'm getting some legal advice on what we need to do. Um, and I was so glad I put that part in there um, because mm-hmm. you want to go to a, an attorney quickly 
because I needed to be his, um, you know, power of attorney for his health and our finances. Right. And it, he needed to sign all that. And you got to do it while he's got it. You know, he still can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so we took care of that pretty early. But the reason we did is we talked about dementia every day, every day. Now, people I also know who are going through these similar things, they didn't, t- they don't talk to them about it because it's like, if we don't talk about it, it's not happening. The elephant you know? in the room. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they think they can, you know, spare their feelings. But I wanted to come at it from a position of, I don't need to spare his feelings. I need to find out what he's feeling. And I need to find out what does he need from me and, and what, and, and how are we going to communicate? And what do you want me to do going forward? And so the, you know, the, the things kept coming each evening and I could not go to bed any time that first week without having put something on Facebook. So things just kept popping up in your head. Like, and you were like, I have to go write this. Yes. And the funny thing is so many times, Wendy, I'll sit down now tomorrow, uh, tonight, it will be 374 days. I've been doing this 374 days. So you haven't um, missed a day? No, not one day. Even when I was in the hospital with my asthma for six days and we didn't know if I was coming out, I still did it. They were shorter, <laughs> you know, but I couldn't rest even in the hospital until I put that on there about the struggle. Uh, yeah. To even talking about the struggle being away from him and I'm the one he knows, you know, he yeah. relies on me and I'm his caregiver. So, um, yeah. And, and I'm not a writer, never have been. I've, I'm a talker, as you can see. But um, I've never, I, I had a couple articles published that I wrote, not long ones, but in the business world on change management. But this was a whole different thing. Right. And I thought, where, where am I going to get the material? What am I going to say? Well, this is emotional material. This isn't like, oh, yes. this isn't a fundamental follow these steps, follow these right. rules. Yes. This is all like here in your solar yeah. plexus down here. Exactly. Like coming from you. But you but, you know, um, like yesterday, for example, I had a dental appointment. And so my daughter comes with me because I can't leave Tom at home. And if I leave him home with her, you know, he still likes her. He thinks she's very nice. But um, I just it's getting him out of the house, too. So he doesn't become homebound before he needs to be. So uh, we all three went. And, you know, I, I, I watch what he's doing. I watch what he's saying. So all the way to the dentist's office and back. The clouds were amazing. It was such a cloudy day and you could see the sun through them. So some of them were white and some of them were darker. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, look at that. Just look at that. Now, I don't know as, as advanced he, as he is in the dementia, is he seeing something? Is he seeing an angel? Is he seeing just clouds? You know, right. so animated. Just look at that. Just look at that. And so to check it out, I said, did you ever do this as a kid? Or you would just lay in the grass outside on a day like today and you say, oh, that looks like a dog. And this looks like that. And he said, I don't know. But I thought he may be doing that now. But there are times where he tells me he sees, did you see that guy in a a non-cloudy day? So I just watched that and and some Mm. other things that were in the day. And then we had church last night and and this man does not talk. He's, He's lost his ability to carry on a conversation. And so we went to church, but he'll, we get into church and he's animated. He is a man. He's raising his hand. He sings the old songs that we grew up on as kids, the old gospel. And it's, it's like, that is his safe place. And so we go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, just so that he is where he wants to be. Uh And um, so then I come home and I sit down and I'm not kidding you. I have nothing written. 
I literally opened that up and I put dementia diaries, dot, dot, uh, a caregiver's journey. And I put what day it is and my name. And like yesterday was follow the clouds or head in the clouds. Oh, so, uh, that's so great. So you take whatever happened that day and write about it? Yes. And so yesterday oh, was head in the clouds. And I talked about, you know, how he was when we got up and what we did during the whole day and I described all of that. And from a caregiver's point of view, I want to know what he's seeing, but I'll never know. You know, he's in a right. different place. And so I get to talk about the feelings. And sometimes, you know, um, it's not easy to write, you know, because I wrote all these things from yesterday. So I miss him. I miss him so much. You know, he's sitting right here in front of me and he's looking at me and I know he, I'm the only person he knows. And, and when is that going to go? Yeah. So um, I think one of the easiest things for, for me that made all this happen, our son was a um, prodigal, you know, drinking and drugs and all this stuff. And so for 45 years, I prayed for this guy, you know, and your son. Yeah, yes. And he had a motorcycle accident. He lost the bottom part of one of his legs and he lives with us now. And he is not the man he was, you know, he, he's back in church. He loves the Lord. And, you know, God just, you know, telling you, him. the universe will smack you yes. down when you're not doing yes. what you're supposed to do. I'm just telling you. Well, yeah. and, and, you know, and it, it was all about him coming back. But um, when he first came back before that, and he would just come to see how we're doing and say hi, he couldn't come. Because he couldn't stand to see his dad like that. He said, I don't know how you and Tammy do it. And I said, do what? And he said, how can you stand to see that every day? I said, because I, I, what would I do if, we, you know, I'll miss that when he's gone, you know? And so I said, well, let me just tell you how I feel. A lot of people would say, why me or why us? You know, we're good people, right. blah, blah, blah. And, but what I know in, in my heart and my faith is before I was ever born, God decided that I was going to marry Tom. And I was going to take him through this period. And I was chosen for that. And because I'm chosen, I'm honored. And I said, Ty, I just got to tell you, you know, he knew you were our son and he knew that we needed you and that your dad needs you. And so that was all planned. And I'll leave it up to you what you want to do with that. And say, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's but, a really good segue. I, I, I want to take this opportunity since you're going back to this was a sort of preordained. For and probably for all of us, I love how you said that. It's so gosh, it makes your head just kind of go. <laughs> but tell us about how you met Tom. How did this come together? And then how'd you get married? Because I feel like you told me when he was saying, Yeah, we should get married, you would like laugh in his face. Well, I wasn't laughing funny. in his face, I it was, <laughs> I was riding to him. Um, we met on a blind date, and um, he lived in Atlanta. And how many I years was, ago was this? In December, it'll be um, 54. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Okay. So um, he lived in Northern Kentucky. Uh, His family did, and he was up visiting. And so they wanted to know if I'd go on a blind date, you know, come and go with us. Well, my sister was dating his cousin who lived there. And so he said, well, why don't we see if we can get your sister, you know, her sister to come go with us when we're going to Coney Island uh, for the day and he'll have somebody to be with. And so they asked me, and I thought, well, I'll do my bit for the country. You know, he's in the military. <laughs> you know, I'll sacrifice for my country, you know. And so I went on a blind date with him. And we um, went to the to Coney Island and in Cincinnati. And the interesting thing was we laughed our heads off. And he was in the military, you know, had his uniform on. And so he would walk through the crowd because it was very crowded. It was a holiday weekend. And he'd go, excuse the lady with the baby. Excuse the lady with the baby. And I, 
And I'm like, hello, this, I never, he said, they don't know us. And I said, okay. So oh my we, gosh. we had a great time. And he left a couple of days later to go to Vietnam and mm. my sister and his cousin broke up, but we didn't. So uh, yeah, he started writing me from Vietnam and he was writing me every day. After one date. One date. <laughs> what can I say? To know me is to love me. I wish. But um, I would read his letters. My grandparents lived next door to us. And I'd go up every day and read his letter and laugh about it to them. I said, this guy's nuts. You know, he thinks we're getting married. And, you know, and they'd say, well, that's crazy. I said, I know. But I can't stop writing because what if he dies over there and I should have oh, written? Oh, serving your country yeah. again. Yes. Taking one yes. for the team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so every day I'd read those. And then um, when he left Vietnam and came home, he went back to Atlanta where his family was. And he said, he called me and said, I want to come up and, and see you. And um, I was thinking about having you come down and be, meet my family. I said, well, that's an interesting thought. Okay, come on up. I thought, well, I don't have to go with him. But, you know, his grandmother lived about a half a mile from us. And I never knew her. Oh my gosh. And my grandmother and his grandmother were friends and had them. Stop it. No. Oh my goodness. That so is... he came. Yeah. And then he asked if I could go to Atlanta to meet his family. And I knew my mother. I mean, my, oh, no way. I mean, she's, she's going to say no. She's not going with a guy in a car to another place. I don't know your mother, you know, and I waited and she says, well, if you call as soon as you get there and, and, and you promise me, blah, 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 and uh, that you'll, you know, stay around his family and all this stuff. And she let me go. So, you know, there's this little, hmm, wonder what that's about. That's how we met. And uh, like I said, it's been uh, almost 54 years from a blind date. And I realized, you know what, though? Some people are high school sweethearts and they know each other for years and then they get married. And that doesn't mean their marriage is any more successful than one who met on a blind date and we just love each other. You yeah. know, yeah. So it was that um, I just felt like, you know, we've always prioritized our marriage. And once you make that a priority, it's easier to take the bumps, you know, the ups and the downs. And we learn more from the downs than we do the ups. And um, one of the things I know is I, I had friends who, you know, we had clothes older than their marriage, you know, and you're still wearing those things, but you walked out on your spouse, you know. So interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. When you pull something yeah. out and you're like, Ooh, I had that in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I still had that guy, but you know, I got a Marie Kondo, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, how funny. How funny. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, that's a fun, fun little story. So as you're going along and you're writing, you're propelled and you're, you're told you're nudged, you're doing all these things. You're like, okay, this whole week, I'm just writing, writing, writing. And you're seeing people, more and more and more people are finding this little, these little comments you're writing, this little, this little how I'm feeling today, about today, living with my husband with dementia. So how did that become what it has evolved to? Oh, my goodness. I would have never thought this. Yeah. You know, 374 days ago, it was, I'm going to write a couple things about it. But then people started not only liking it, they would make comments. Um, my mm -hmm. sister went through this, you know, or I'm going through this with so-and-so. And, -so and my, I think my husband has the same problem. What should I do? 
you know, and I started getting oh, these yeah. messages, you know, how did you know, and what did you do? And so I started right. messaging a few people and then I thought, well, why am I not putting that in my writing so mm-hmm. that other people get that? Maybe they don't know me well enough to ask for help. And so I started putting those kinds, I was asked today, such and such, and my response was, and so I put those things in there. And so um, this caregiver's journey, I just can't believe how many people are caregivers, not just dementia. I'm talking about, you know, the, you know, you've got a child that was born with um, cerebral palsy or, or, you know, different things that people are going through. Um, And so it's so many people are affected by this and so many are bitter. They, they feel like they're mm-hmm. alone and I've never felt alone. I've never felt why, which, why me, you know, but it's like, why not me? Who would I want to give this to, you know, mm. if you care about your fellow man. Why would you want anybody to go through this? And if I truly believe what I said, that God created me to go through this with Tom, then I have to go through it with dignity and keep his dignity as well. And wow. so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it got started. And then I, people started making comments. Oh, I wish we, you know, I wish this, or I wish that. And I, so I set up a zoom call, you know, you and said, so, I'm going to set up a zoom call. Yeah. Why? Why? What made I, you decide to do that? Well, because, um, I was also doing zoom for training and coaching. So this, you know, I thought, why not, you know, we'll get together once answer a few questions, you know, and I've got this zoom package, you know, I can have up to a hundred people. And I thought, Man, we okay. can do mass, mass talking about this. Well, it's never you been have the mass- zoom. Because of your business. Right. So okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was just the way mm. things are. And yeah. so um, I set it up. I said, you know, caregiver call on Zoom Saturday at 10 a.m., blah, blah, blah. And I put down the number and all of that. And I said, anyone welcome. And so the first five or six times that we did it was um, there'd be different people on there. There were some repeat folks coming on there. Some Wait, the first time you did it, you, you didn't have high expectations that a lot of people, you told me it was almost 40 people. Yeah. Showed up on this zoom call. Yeah. So the first part, there were a lot of people now when we have them. So Saturday, the last two weeks ago, when we had this, um, I think there were four and three of them have dementia. And so they needed to have a private conversation. And the fourth person who was there who has, doesn't have dementia, but they just walked someone home with dementia. And so they were able to give some good advice as well. And so um, I went ahead, I sat it up as a recurring meeting. So every other week, well, then I had to change one week because of of something Tom was going through. Uh, He had to be in the hospital. And so I changed it. So now I've just got my Zoom set up for every Saturday at 10. So I can do it anytime at uh, a Saturday that needs to be done. The numbers are out there. I have the same number for every meeting. So anybody can come and go. So I just say, you know, so I sent a note out today on Facebook that said, you know, Saturday, um, you know, uh, September 4th, we'll be having mm-hmm. our uh, caregivers meeting. This is a Zoom call, blah, blah, blah. And then I put the numbers on there. So people just come and go as they please. I have this one gentleman that it's heartbreaking because he sits and he listens and watches and he, he has his earphones in, he can hear and he can't say a word because his wife sits right by him. She has dementia. And he doesn't oh. want her, he doesn't want to make her feel bad that he's talking about her. So he says nothing. Oh and my god! Yeah. And so then he'll send me a message. Say, oh, that was so good. Thank you for this. And what did, what did so-and-so say about something else? And so I was able to answer him, but it's very confidential. We don't say any, the names are on there under your name, but we, I said, we can talk about anything that we're talking about. Like someone said, 
you know, that we need to see an attorney for, you know, for power of attorney. But don't say, you know, Anita said. It's like we just want to protect everyone and be able to say right. whatever we want. And it's a safe space. So oh my gosh. And you said one of the reasons, one of the underlying reasons for you to do this was because as you started seeing the signs and been given the diagnosis, you just found there wasn't really any support out there, any any real information, any kind of, hey, let me help you through this. and. And that was one of the things you started journaling, you said, to kind of help yourself. Yes. Well, then now my post art is my journal. You know, my blog Mm. is my journal. And some people will get on there and say, oh, you ought to read this book and you ought to read this book. And, and, you know, and I appreciate that so much. But I'm going through this raw and authentic because I want to write about real life. What is it like to get this diagnosis and how do you handle it? You know, and I don't care if they have leukemia or cancer. Who cares? Our process is the same. It's you still go through it like the five stages of death, you know, and the first one being denial. And so mm-hmm. um, that's a big one, you know, and, and anger and all of those things until you get to acceptance. But um, but that's, you know, one of the things that is, was so important to me is that I just want it to be how it really is, you know, because I don't feel like I didn't feel like I could help anyone if I read somebody else's um post or a different book and I'm giving that person's advice, well, that may not work. And so I'm speaking only from experience. This is what I'm experiencing. I don't know what's going on with you. And And it's coming from your heart, Anita. Yeah, it is. And that means so much. Yeah. And it's, it's like, this sounds really selfish, but it's like, we're not wasting this dementia. Isn't that crazy? No, that's not crazy at all. No, 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 no. That's not, it's really important. And, and, you know, as we live longer and the medical professions there, people are living longer and more people are getting diagnosed with this every day. And, you know, we need, we need the real approach. And I love what you said earlier about how you can just ignore that it's there. And, you know, I said, well, that's like the elephant in the room that nobody's looking at. And, you know, I think that's really important. And I've learned now when my father was dying of cancer and I was there for the last two years, we knew he was dying, but we never, ever Your heart's not ready. talked about it or allowed that to be part of the conversation. Like, hey, dad, when you die, how would you like this? And, you know, now I wish we had not, and, and, and books I've read since and listened to have said, you know, um, th- people want to talk about it. It's lonely for them too. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like I did my father this big disservice, but at the same time, I didn't know any better, but still. Well, but you, you know, know what? We all go through grief and, and regrets and all of these different things. I was with my mother when she died mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and um, she died of a very rare disease and she wasn't supposed to die, but she did. And I was with my grandmother when she died. And wow. When I was in the room with my mother, my daughter was in there and my one brother came in, my sister and other brothers, everybody was out in the hall. They couldn't come in. It was painful. But you know what? We all experience it differently, right? I had to be in that room and they couldn't come in. But I felt like we were all where God wanted us to be. And it was okay. Wherever we were was where we were. So I would say to you, don't ever have regrets about that. You did with what you knew at the time. Yeah. I love right? how you're, you're yeah. very, you're very, um, for lack of a better word, forgiving. You, 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 
you're saying it in a very good way. One thing I want to share, if you don't mind, is you know where you started with this with the dementia, what like a couple of the first signs, and then bring us to those those two stories that made me weepy with your daughter and your son. And then uh, where you're at today, because you said it's changed since we spoke last. Yes. In just a yes. few, couple of months. Are it you good really with that? Is. Yes. Okay. Sure. All um, right. It was hard for um, my son and daughter with the first, probably first five or six times or first couple of weeks when he go, hi, with this, you know, this look of, hi, no recognition, you know. Was this fairly quickly after the diagnosis? Oh no, no. That was in he was diagnosed in 2016. And okay. he just he just has not known them mostly this year okay. and last fall. It started last fall. So about so a year. For the last, say, four years, it was just like stories and repeating and forgetfulness. Yes. And things that we wouldn't bring up, like we would never bring up where he worked. We would never bring up Vietnam because he remembered those and he would talk hours and hours and hours yet again same thing every time okay. every day was about these so you guys days. you guys were learning how to navigate it for your own right. sanity exactly how to kind of manipulate exactly. the conversation yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah. and so um the first person he didn't remember was our son who had mm-hmm. had the motorcycle accident and lost part of his leg and he's living in our basement you know he's got a room down there and everything it's it's quite nice and so um he came upstairs one day and Tom goes, is that, why is he in our house? I said, that's our, and I always said, that's our son, Ty. And he said, okay, no recognition. And so this went on and he, and he starts saying, that guy that lives under the floor, what's his name? And so that's who he became. He became the guy under the floor. And now he's that nice guy that lives here, you know? So it was as hard as it was, to watch him not know his children. You know, yeah. we have two kids. We have six grandkids. We have five great grandkids. But to have him look at those two people that for our son, you know, 53 years and our daughter, 51 years, they've, he's been their dad and now he doesn't know who they are. Mm. And so, and so my daughter comes over five days a week in the beginning, she came more, but I said, I kept saying, why are you coming on the weekends? Stay with your family, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, plan things for yourself. You don't even have to come over here every day, but we find some, you know, comfort, um, you know, being together and, and her husband's always busy. So it, it works out well for us. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk to them about how, what are you feeling? You know, how does that make you feel? Because I know when, when we get up in the morning, I know that Tom either knows I'm his wife or he thinks I'm his mother. That's the two. And so oh, wow. the, the days that I'm his mother, I tell him to go to his room until he can be nice. And so we have some fun with that. And then the days that he hugs me, first thing in the morning, gives me a morning kiss. I know I'm, I'm Anita. And so that's how oh I can tell. But I said for Tammy, there wasn't even a, you look like so-and-so, you know, it was just a not recognition. And so, um, so we, I talked to them about, I, that must make you feel awful, you know, but they've both come to a place because of their faith that recognize that this is not my dad as, as we've known him. This is our dad is helping him walk through this journey together and learning what we can learn about it and oh loving gosh. him every step of the way, every step. And so that makes it, makes it doable when we make it about him and not about ourselves. And please don't anybody misunderstand. It was not easy to do that. 
and it didn't come overnight. It was months in the making because you still have to have all those feelings, you know, you still have the love and the, and the loss and the loss is taking over, you know, but now, um, you know, I can, you know, I always say, this is Tammy, our daughter. So I had to say yesterday when we went to the dentist, oh, Tammy's going with us, our daughter, Tammy. And he, okay. But the interesting thing was for Tammy yesterday is they're sitting in the lobby of the dental office. Um, and so they just, she didn't want to stay in the car with him. Just let's get him out. And he's sitting in this chair next to her and I'm next to him. And they, when they called me back, I said, I'll be back in a few minutes. He said, okay. And he put his head down like he was alone. And mm-hmm. so he'd look up every now and then and Tammy would be looking at him and he'd hurry and turn his head oh because, he, you know, it was like he, he hesitated to make eye contact with, I don't know her. Stranger. Now at home, it's different, you know, cause he knows, he knows he likes her. You know, and, and in that home setting, it made sense. But now he's sitting in, in a chair, someplace he doesn't know where he is. So that, I don't know that person either. That's, so he probably that's feels vulnerable in, in that setting more so than at home, you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if there's any fear that goes along with that. Um, he didn't try to get up and go out, you know. Um, he didn't, didn't wander like he does at home. You know, he, he goes from room to room to room, you know. And, uh, oh. But that's starting to slow down, too. He sits more and more. And so I'll go sit by him and I'll hold his hand while we're watching a TV program or something. Because when I hold his hand, whether we're in church or anywhere, uh, like we got out of the car just yesterday and I hold his hand going into church. You know, it's that confidence of I got my I got. OK, we got this, you know, on his part. And so I always want him to feel safe and secure no matter where we are. And so I have to be intentional. And mm. our kids are as well. Oh, it's so brave. It's so brave. I got a little teary there. I can't lie. Um, and it's, it's, and I, and I hate to use this because I'm sure it's been said before. It's kind of like if he's sitting in the chair, it's not the person that you fell in love with the soul of the person that you fell in love with. And it's almost like a shell, right? Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Like, where do you think the soul of Tom is? I think that Tom's soul is, I know where his soul is, you know, it's in his faith. He, I see that every Sunday and Wednesday okay. when he, he's a different person. When he walks in, he smiles at people. He doesn't know who they are, but I'll go, hi, how you doing? And good to see you. And so it looks like there's not a lot going on with him, but, but he, you know, they learned to fake it very well by just saying, hi, how are you? You know, whoever you are, how are you? But, uh, you know, but that, so that's his soul and his core is still the same. I know he's in there, but one mm-hmm. of the things I always think about is, but I know him, you know, and the fact that I know him, that's all that has to happen, you know, is that I walk with him, I ask him, you know, and, and so now I don't, I don't even give him two choices for something to eat. I'll say, uh, you know, does such and such sound good to you? Oh, yeah, that sounds good because he can't choose between two things. And he so can't. just... No. And so just learning that, you know, yeah, um, these little, little tricks, the little tiny, small things become the big things yeah. because there's nothing else big anymore. It's all little tiny nuggets that you get every day. And so it's taking, how's that nugget going to help him tomorrow? If I remember this tomorrow, it's going to make his tomorrow better. And so, um, and, and I, don't oh want anyone, I don't want anyone to think, um, that how wonderful I am. That's not it. I feel blessed and honored to be able to do this. And 
And I have the same concern for other caregivers because I've got people on that call that um, are living with uh, a, a spouse or a loved one that doesn't want them there. Imagine that. You know, I wish your brother was here instead of you. And it's oh, breaking wow. my heart because they can't get what I'm getting. And, and that's a smile. You know, last night at church, we were singing. And, and so, and he wanted to sit down for a few minutes. So we sat down and he looks at me in church and they're getting ready. And pastor's up there talking and he looks at me and goes, I love you. And he kissed me right in church. And I just let him do it, you know? And so I thought, what if I didn't even have all of that? You know, what if he was totally gone already, you know? And those days could come tomorrow. I have no idea. So I'm going right. to cherish it day while I'm there. Yeah. There's not really a, a guide of what to expect, is there? Is everybody different who has dementia? Um, I don't know. You don't I know? do know. I don't know because I don't know their story. You know, I know what's what's for us. But having those other folks in the caregiver call to questions that they ask and the pain that they're going through, I don't know if it's a lack of faith um, or yeah. heartache that they've had or the blame that they'll often get from a brother or a sister or a child. Um, there are There's caregivers on there that their son and daughters will fight over who's going to be the one to help mom. You know, some of them, um, I know when my grandmother had Alzheimer's, I had someone close to me who went and got all the stuff out of the house that they wanted, you know? Yeah. And there were other people that would have, you know, liked to have had some of that, but uh, just for memories, memories only. But um, so there's, it's can be very dysfunctional and it can yeah. tear up a family. It can just tear a family apart. I, can I see saw that. that in mind with my, um, you know, that individual I was talking about and another sibling, they struggled so much, you know, to not hate them. You know, it's like, you don't mm. even take care of mom and yet you'll take things from mom. Mm. And so, yeah. And I'm, I'm so thankful and blessed that that's not the relationship I'm in, but not mm. everyone can say that. That's amazing. How do you, there's a couple questions I have for you. Okay. One is how, cause you have this business now too. How do you, how do you go from full time? I mean, besides your son helping you out and like maybe taking your husband outside and just, you know, hanging out with him, how do you switch gears and now, you know, be this coach for people and empower them? Um, Cause it's called fundamentally you is mm -hmm. your business and it, and it does quite well. How, how, how do you do that? Well, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I, I set up our dining room looks like a, a conference room in a business. Okay. <laughs> Everything's set up there, you know, the computers, um, everything is there and it's, he, mm -hmm. he's on the other side on the couch. And so okay. um, he likes um, blue bloods and Chicago PD. So I tape every, they, I've got him on instant taping, you know, for the DVR so I can just run things for him, but he's gotten to where he enjoys the music more. So I turn on, I Alexa, play Christian music and it comes on and the older the song, the more he sings. And oh like at church, I sing it in his ear because he has trouble oh. hearing as well. And I'll sing the words and he'll sing with me. And it's the same. So we'll all be singing in the house, you know, those songs and things. But right on the other side is we've have an enclosed deck. And so we'll go out there and we've got fans out there. I'll put my, my um, radio up. Our it, Alexa is louder, and so he can hear it there. And he'll come and sit out there 
while I'm just doing a lot of writing and things like that. And I'm surprised he didn't come in here because a lot of times he will. I don't have an answer for that. Oh, oh Alexa's talking sorry, to you now. Oh, go to sleep, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> but he came in on one of my calls, you know, and I said, Hey, honey, wave to, you know, whoever it was. Uh -huh. And so he waved and went on, you know? So, oh, man. yeah. So if he pops up, he pops up. But, um, I said, I'm not a writer and I'm not a writer. I want everybody to know that, but I've started a book. You started I, a book. Wait a minute. You just said you're not a writer. I'm not a writer. I think I've been writing for 274 days, 374 days. Four. So, um, yeah. And so I thought, you know what? I need that condensed. I have 373 pages. It's a wide folder. I print it every day. The latest one go in the back, go in the back. Oh, wow. So I'm going through those and I'm going through things that I've learned, you know, like one liners, you know. And so I'm, I just want to bring out like there was usually a tip in something mm -hmm. every issue. Mm -hmm. And so are every day. And so I'm trying to, how about what I do that? It's just a small thing that I could just send to people, you know, that if they don't know what to do and they don't have a support group, you know, join our caregivers, but still you, there's things you got to know and you got to do. So I have no idea what this is going to be, if it's going to be anything other than me sitting and taking my oh. time. But, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I've started that. I so. know, I know, I feel it. This, your book is going to be instrumental to so many people huge serving for other people. Yeah. I can see it. I can see, like each chapter would be like that lesson. And then you put your journal entry in there. Right. And then, you know, at the end of the book, you could have all the, all the things to do checklists. Yes. I mean, oh, you, you like that, that idea? Checklist. So I like write that. that down. You may take that. Thank you. <laughs> You're I'll so give welcome. You credit. <laughs> I feel it though. I feel it. I see it. I, I know that you need to do that. I just know you do. And you're getting nudged again, aren't you, to yes. do this? Oh, yeah. 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 Somebody has big plans. And it's not about me. It's about right. the information, which is the most important thing. Well, it's about serving others. Yeah. And that's what you do. And that's what you're doing every day. Tell me this, Anita. Acquiring minds want to know because, I mean, you really are. You really are a pillar of a person. You are holding up so much and in business with the three generations of women, taking care of your son and your husband and this whole business. I mean, everything that you do, how do you, I mean, there's got to be days when you're just like, oh, I, I, I don't want to do this. I, I, I just give me the covers and pull, pull them over your head. How do you know what I mean? All of us go through, you know, it's the yin and yang of life. How do you stay you and positive and, and blessed? How do you manage to stay blessed every day? I have to pray every day. Okay. You know, I go to bed, say, I pray before I go to sleep and when I get up, but as the day wears on, it's just weird things start happening. You know, he's, he's, you know, um, he's gotten to the place where he's starting to stumble and he's never done that. He's been so sure-footed, but something comes oh. up and I'll just, you know, and it's just, Lord, would you please, you know, I can't do this. Can you just take over that? I can't, <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. I need time to think about it. And so, but just mm -hmm. verbalizing that it's getting that thought out of my head, out of my, out of myself. I don't know where, where yeah, out of your conscious mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just saying it and the verbalizing that, you know, in a prayer is very helpful to me. It's like, okay, God's got this. 
You know, it's like, it's not that because you don't get promised that you're not going to go through problems. You know, that's right. never promised, even if you trust God with your whole heart. But right. he does say he'll go through it with you. And I know he's with me every day. He's with all of us. And the best thing is he's with Tom every day, mm. you know, and do those times where he points and look at that guy, there's three of them and he's pointing to trees, you know, and what does, I just, there are times where I think, Oh Lord, what is he seeing? You know, yeah. what is that? You know, is it his mom or his dad or an angel or, you know, is he, or is he seeing you and getting a glimpse of, you? I just don't know. Wow. You know? That's a great but, way to look at yeah. that. Yeah. It's still, again, it's a process, you know, it did, this didn't come easy. And right. so every day, you know, just writing about it, the journaling, and I'm going to do an authentic journaling uh, Zoom call and invite people to get on there and do that because the writing about it is the best thing. You know, it's like, I got it out, you know, yes. you're getting it out of your head and onto paper. And I just think if more people journaled for no other reason, not to put on Facebook, I would have never done that if I hadn't been told to, but uh, just right. getting that, those thoughts out and, and giving them a place where they can reside that, you know, that you can just let go of them. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. It's so important to, to, to take it and dump it over yes. here. And it doesn't mean it went away. Nope. All that stuff's still, still there. Yeah. You just don't have to harbor it. Yes. And, I, and I love we that. harden our hearts so easy. You know, mm -hmm. that's the thing where we could get bitter so easily. I mean, my kids could not want to come here because I'm so mean. You know, if you think about mm -hmm. that, they don't have any mm -hmm. obligation to come here and be with him, you know, other right. than they love him. And right. so if I were a different person, then Tom would be treated differently. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Right. And so I have to get it out. And yep. uh, yeah. And Sunday, our, our pastor was talking about someone in the, in the congregation that lost um, a parent. And then he said, you know, and, and then we've got Anita and Tom and we're praying for you. And he didn't say dementia. He said nothing else. But, you know, almost everybody at church knows what's going on. Right. And tears were rolling down my face and I don't cry. I, God has just allowed me not to be weepy through this whole thing. I'm very, I'm going to write that down, <laughs> you know, very structured. <laughs> and um, yeah. But uh, it, it just, you know, and I thought, I wonder how much I'll be crying going forward. And so I'm going to wait till it's oh. something worth crying over, you know? So wow. I know, know it's going to come. There's nothing, you know, but I don't want to rush it, you know? Oh, that's fair. Do you have a mantra or anything that you say every day? M mainly it's Lord, may your will be done and not mine, you know, because what, who am I? You know, I still am a person that needs grace and mercy every day. I make mistakes. I, you know, I'll lose my temper and I'll think, I just told you that. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord, just forgive me. That was mean. And, and I, I he, Tom deserves better. And so I apologize. He doesn't remember what I'm, he didn't know what I'm talking about. When I say, I'm so sorry, I said that. Go, okay. Like, what? Well, but he's not aware <laughs> of what it was. Right. Yeah. But I still have to say it. It's just, it's just me. You know, right. I, I, I want him to know that, you know, I never want to intentionally hurt his feelings. Well, and it clears that for you yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anita, how do people like, I definitely want to get on that journaling. Um, okay. Thing you're going to do. You. Yeah. When you decide to do it, how do people get in touch with you? Um, Anita Yelton at, you know, you can get a hold of me on Facebook. Um, my email, should I give that? Yeah. 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 Anita give it, give it, give is, it. It's Anita.Yelton. Y-E-L-T-O-N. Thank you. Seven. Seven, the number seven. 
Yes. And then at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay. And then 10 o'clock. And you live where? I forgot. Uh, right outside of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati. I'm in Eastern time. Uh-huh. Eastern time, 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Uh-huh. But you're doing it every Saturday morning now instead of bi-weekly? No, I have, I have it ready to do it. You know, and if somebody okay. wants to just, just talk to one-on-one, we'll do the opposite weeks. So, um, yeah, but I'm available. They can message me on Facebook if they need, you know, any information at all. But one thing about the Facebook is like I started, um, I put the notice up this morning. Tomorrow, I'll put another one. I'll just, you know, um, update it to say tomorrow morning. And then on Saturday morning, an hour ahead of time, I'll say, don't forget our Zoom call, you know, in one hour. And I put the numbers again. So um, it's a great way to, to get in touch or they can just message me. That is such a selfless thing you're doing. And, you know, who said life was supposed to be convenient? I think oh, the minute no. it gets convenient, you're just not, like, not exploring or expanding right. or doing what you're here for. And, girl, you are the definition of selfless and moving forward and dealing with what you're given so graciously and with such love. It's, I, I'm in awe of you. Oh, I'm so, don't be. oh, I don't am be. though. I am though. And, and it's not a bad, it's not like, oh, it's oh, more like, good. wow, I feel the strength and, and you just, you share it like, and, and that's so unselfish of you because, you. you know, it takes time to, to tell people, you know, it takes time to put these posts out and, and, and set things up. It just does. And you're doing it and you're running a business and you're taking care of your husband with and in my dementia. spare time, I get some sleep. Oh, do you? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Not a lot. There are times where I'm, you know, like um, yesterday I was up, you know, working on, you know, at three in the morning, I'm up there writing stuff on this new book um, that may end up, you know, just writing that I give to my kids or something. But, um, you know, I just try to make good use of my time. If I can't sleep, I need to be doing something. So um, oh, okay. the ni- night before I, our middle bedroom is where I, you know, got all my essential oils and all those different things. And, and, you know, guest room and all that. And I was in there cleaning up the closet, you know, moving things around and, and making room for the Christmas gifts that I've already, my daughter and I have already picking up things we see on sale, you know, for the kids for Christmas. And so I'm in there working, you know, and I just, you know, it's working and praying, you know, until, and my, praying. until my mind stops. It's like, Lord, can you just, you know, get me out of this mindset? I can't sleep because I want to sleep. You know, and then it'll come and then, I, you know, so some days my daughter will be here and I'll just lay down on the couch and take a nap. Mm. You know, um, I don't want to get back to my bedroom because, man, I, you know, get back there, you'll sleep two or three hours, you know, <laughs> and to be awake right. all night. So it's, you know, finding your strength, finding um, where your weaknesses are and then have somebody walk through that with you. Like I've got my kids and I know there's so many that don't have anyone. Yeah. But I also know that so many caregivers, they, they keep it to themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And it's mm-hmm. if, if you've even got a, a family member or people at your church or somebody in your community that can walk, that can be your sounding board, you know, that lets you know you're not crazy, you know, and it's okay right. for you to be upset. You know, that's part of it is getting that out because you have to learn how to live with that. You have to learn right. how am I going to say something six times today? And it's always the same mm-hmm. answer, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do you get that? And, and so that the fifth and sixth times you're like, I just told you this. You know, right. the patience factor. Yeah, it's it's uh, such a big deal. It's, it really is. And when you start having patience with yourself and asking for forgiveness, then you can have patience with someone else. We all need patience with ourselves. We do. That's yeah. so that's so key right there. 
Yeah. Patience with ourselves. So you can have patience with others, love yourself. So you can love others, take care of yourself, put your oxygen mask on first. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many people that they don't feel good about themselves. And if Mm -hmm. you have this, um, the word self-esteem, you know, people use that a lot. And I find that sometimes people have low self-esteem because all they think about is themselves, you know, and having low self-esteem on yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And so myself, people don't like me. Well, why not? You know, let's work on that. But um, if they just, you know, say what you've done that you wish you wouldn't have done, ask for forgiveness of who you need to talk to and get forgiveness from, whether, you know, not, that's not always God. It's sometimes it's the one you love, you know, or the child that you keep saying, you don't understand. You just don't understand what my life is like, you know, get over it, you know, help your life be better. So if you can make your life better, you can go through this better. You know, it's, you don't want to lose two people when only one has a disease. That's good stuff. (laughs) Oh, Anita, thank you so much for sharing today. Um, I mean, I have pages and pages and pages of notes and, (laughs) you know, and I said, just like it always happens that the conversation is so organic and it always takes twists and turns that I just never see coming and takes on a life form of itself. And I think it's the stuff that we need to share at the time we're recording. And I thank you for being so candid and honest about such a, a very personal um, could be a very personal journey and um, putting it out there for so many people. You just don't even know who, who you're affecting and how you're serving others. Well, think about this for yourself as well. You know, the fact that you open yourself up to get to know people, to be able to do this. It's a service to a lot of people, you know, that you're doing very unselfishly, you know, just finding out about someone else's life and then sharing that. So I can't thank well, you enough. Uh, I feel like we're friends after we've tried several times. We are BFFs now. You're in the tribe. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I, yeah. On the other end of it. Yes. I'm kind of doing it too. And not obviously to the extent you are, but um, yeah, it's not convenient, but I'm so happy not being living in convenience. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And sometimes living in convenience is just feeling good about the day. You know, I did everything I could and Lord, yep. that, that's it. I, you know, that's all I had to give, but thanks for taking it with your grace and mercy and making it better. You know? Yep. Yep. And at the end of the day saying I did my best, yep. I lived in the present and I gave my all. It's um, I have this saying, my daughter, there you go. The saying, I knew you had something. Go. What is it? No, it's this two words. The end. end. At the end of the day, I always go, okay, the end. Because tomorrow starts a whole new day. It's a new experience. It's a new issue or another thing to love, you know? And so let's end this day and see what tomorrow brings. The end. Like that. (laughs) We're done here. We're done. Anita, thank you so much. And I think that we should, you know, plan on getting on another call someday. In the future, um, as things maybe progress or change for you or, or new, new lessons learned, or I'm sorry, when your book gets published, (laughs) don't think I'm not going to bug you about it because I know there's a few people that have been on the podcast who are, you know, they said it out loud on the podcast. I'm going to do a book and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be that annoying little voice that comes through (laughs) and says, you need to do it because I feel it. 
just like I feel it with you. And that, that book needs to get written and I'm going to bug you about it. I'm going to ask okay. you about it. Thanks for the warning. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to happen in the end. So thank you, Anita. Oh, thank you. It's been a and, pleasure working with you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm glad we finally got this, this done. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.